Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Double DM Podcast. It is my pleasure to have you here today for the usual pre-show business. So let's get right into it. First up, and that means milestones are rolling in. So with that I'm thrilled to announce that Double DM has made 2000 listens, 3500 Twitter followers, and now the thing that I'm most happy about, the fifth place in this year's N-World Podcast Hall of Fame voting. We haven't even celebrated one year of this podcast and we are thriving more than ever already. Okay, okay. Moving on, cause I have to before I won't shut up about it. Spotify now also allows you to rate podcasts with stars. That means you can rate our show with 5 stars right now. Also you can throw us a review on Apple Podcasts and rate or review us on other platforms as well. Thank you so much for your support. Our achievements could only be reached thanks to you guys. One more thing, the next episode will be on the 26th of December with the DDM Q&A, like I teased the last few episodes. With that, there's nothing left for me to do, but one thing, if you want to book advertisement slots on this show, you can do so. Just message us on Twitter to make your product appear on our show. With that, have fun with the last regular episode of DDM for this year. Hello and welcome to Double DM episode 46. With me, as usual, is my lovely co-host Emil. How are you doing today? Hello. Everything all right? Yeah. Good. Did anything happen this week, noteworthy or unnoteworthy? No, not really, actually. I had a session on Tuesday, my usual Tuesday session, and we talked a little bit about the preludes for Titan's Call, but that's it. I mean, the talks about the preludes are were good, and I'm excited to record that. So, yeah. Well, uh, did anything specific happen in your Tuesday session? Mm, well, the thing is, we one other player wasn't there again. Mm-hmm. So we so the girlfriend of one of the players substituted for him again. And once again, I was reminded why I love new players at a table. I mean, not new players to the system, not new players to this table, but new players to, to the concept of TTRPGs in general mm-hmm. are one of the best things you can actually find, I think. Because holy shit, mm, as soon as you've encountered your first mimic as soon as you've encountered your first fireball as soon as you've encountered your first critical failure you are wary of those things right yeah every chest could be a mimic but you only know that when you've once encountered a mimic so this player even though we didn't encounter mimics didn't have the general ttrpg senses you could say Mm-hmm. They didn't, uh, she didn't feel like she needed to do this before doing that or thinking about it, uh, rolling uh, and, and, and the excitement of rolling a critical hit or something in a new player when everyone at the table is like, yeah, and they are like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it just goes from zero to 100. What <laughs> are you doing back there? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't even know how that's going to sound on audio, but I think it's going to be shit for the people. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. Okay, now you know we are crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, I had a uh, one shot recently with a new player, but not new to TTRPGs, but new to DMing. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very fun. It was a Christmas themed one shot where we had to rescue Santa. Oh, the classic. The classic. But it's a classic for a reason. And he home actually he already homebrewed shit i mean i did that as well right the difference is just between new dms homebrewing and veteran dms homebrewing is the experience in what actually is good homebrew and what is homebrew <laughs> yeah true Nobody uh, homebrewed two enemies, one creepy ver uh, variant of Rudolph and one of Donner and Blitzen. One basically had a flashbang on his nose and the other one was a twin-headed reindeer who dealt equal amounts of thunder and lightning damage with a charge attack. See, that's what I mean. Good homebrew or homebrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it sparked, actually, it sparked a oh, inspiration oh. for the campaign he's now running. Oh, or starting to run. Interesting. The session zero is Sunday evening. Oh, Sunday evening. And no, okay, uh, one more um, thing uh, that happened. Oh? Sorry. I started playing in a, yet another campaign, but in a XP campaign. So I'm interested to see how this one turns out. In, N instead not of Milestone, milestone right? for Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited still because it's, it, it's TTRPGs. Of course I'm excited. The difference is just, uh, do you get XP for what you do individually or is there, is, is there fair split? I don't know yet because uh, until now we all did everything as a group. Mm -hmm. So we'll see about that. Yeah, no, but I mean, for example, if you get the killing blow on an enemy, do you get the XP for that enemy? Oh no, as or long as you were part of the encounter, everybody... Split. Yeah, gets. okay. If you're not part of the encounter, obviously you shouldn't get the XP for probably. Yeah. But there's a difference between everyone gets XP for what they do or everyone gets XP for what the party does. Because one doesn't change from milestone all that much, just that it's mm. calculated when you level up. The other is, well, it's it's an arms race to who gets this level first. Yeah. Which could be considered a lot more video gamey than milestone experience. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the DM decides to run this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just probably not my preferred playstyle. Same here, same here. Nothing against XP. I've used it before as well, but Milestone just feels... It's it's another thing off my plate when I can just say, yeah. well, yeah, you level up. And, and I think it feels more narrative than XP. Oh, yeah. Milestone is can, definitely more narrative. You can time the level ups based on the story you are telling. Yeah, but the problem with Milestone is that it's, again, in the DM's hands. Hands, right exactly. you decide when they level up yeah. xp says well the game says when they level up which is a positive in my opinion. that's why for example i've made a tweet a few days ago about the deck of many things and it was i was like just give the deck of many things to your players twice let's see what happens right as a, as a dm tip give your players the deck of many things twice and why would one do that that's simple actually because the deck of many things is one of the coolest magic items in dnd for not the not the chaos it creates that's not even closely part of it but because the dungeon master has no control over it yeah the the deck of many things just says your players pull a card and that happens period you don't get any control over what happens if they pull the void card the void card gets used period yeah. you, you don't have anything any say in that um giving your players wish is same because the dm has no control over that yeah it's the perfect example of player agency and i've 
I believe that the deck of many things could be a very interesting tool to help DMs get better at improv. So definitely, if you have a campaign where you want to get better at improv, just put a deck of many things in the hands of your players and try to run with it. Don't prepare for it. Just run with it. Yeah. Most players won't pull many cards anyway. They 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 won't pull all cards. So you're not even you don't even have to make have any stopping mechanisms to it. So they your players don't overuse the item because the item inherently is also bad for them. Mm. And that alone creates this. Your players won't use the item too often. And when they pull a card, it's a special moment. And you can run with that. You don't have to prepare. It doesn't happen too often. Uh, one question about that real quick. Do you have read about the deck of illusions? I, ha I haven't. That's why I'm asking. Do you know uh... how it works? Is it similar? I don't the know. Deck of many things. Where was the deck of illusions even? What is that even? <laughs> I, I heard about it. I never seen it before, actually. It's it uh, also in the DMG because if it's really? similar to uh, f functioning wise to the deck of many things and you're not comfortable with giving your players the abilities to uh, or what the deck of many things does but still want to get better at improv you could use the deck of illusions because it's similar in a way if it is um, an illusion, at all. Uh, only if cards are drawn at random you can use another deck you can use an illusion without. Oh that that's the deck of illusions. Ah okay. Yeah. That works as well, but I think it... It's not as iconic as the deck of many things. It isn't even about the iconic factor. It's its one effect you can prepare for. If you have mm. the deck of many okay, things, yeah. you never know if your players draw knight or void. Or uh, ruin. Or ruin. Whatever. Or star. You don't know what they're gonna draw. Here, you know they will always draw illusion, so you can prepare for illusion. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it works as well, yes. But I believe that if you... Like, again, it's for fun. If, if you have a serious campaign and the deck of many things does not fit don't use it that's to be said right don't just follow what i say blindly but i believe that the deck of many things is one of the best things you can do if you want your players to feel that they have agency oh yeah because this deck is solely their decision i realized that when i gave my players basically a potion of scrying mm -hmm. you have three potions of scrying you can scry on any person on the plane of existence you are on what do you do did not prepare for what person they're gonna scry on did not prepare for when they're gonna use it just gave it to them and now it's in their hands they can decide when who and then i can make up what do they actually see yeah and like if they want to use that to check on their goblin friend they met six months ago then they can do that if they want to use that to scry on a person that they believe is an enemy of theirs they can do that but it allows them to actually have more agency than mm -hmm. the deck of many things and the scrying spell and sending spell, for example. All these spells that, like, all the things where you think, well, I have to improvise on that. That's scary. Those are the things that actually create the agency above and beyond what D&D normally does. Yeah. And that's especially, why I believe using these things is important. Yeah, especially the scrying or sendings, because you're forced to make shit up. Yeah. Like, people say the wish spell is broke. First of all, it's a ninth level spell. No, it isn't broken. It should be like that and how it is. They are supposed second, to be broken. Second of all, it has a lot of mechanical restraints that, in my opinion, shouldn't have even, shouldn't even be there necessarily. I know why they are there, obviously, but really, I don't care. <laughs> but really, the wish spell is just like scrying, just like the deck of many things. It's perfect for your players to feel the agency. The problem is the wish spell is a ninth level spell and no one really 
ever gets to that point of using it. Yeah. So the scrying spell is a lot more low level. And I realized none of my players can actually cast the scrying spell ever. So I gave them the potion and said, well, now you deal with that. And they've discussed for like 30 minutes at the table. How are we going to use this? And I think that's the fun of it, right? Oh, yeah. I think that covers my week. Yeah, mine as well. Yeah. So shall we get into the episode? We shall get into the episode. We will meet each other back after the ads for our episode on traps. Gemfirefly.com combines nerdy interests and aesthetic attitude into one awesome store. Find shirts of the highest quality and softest comfort along with home items such as mugs, blankets and flags. Collections like the dungeon glitch geeky designs or the spicy not safe for work section offer a variety of unique graphics perfect for your message, attitude and lifestyle. Profits from the shop have planted thousands of trees to fight hunger and climate change while also supporting notable charities and game community causes. Check out the link below or visit gemfirefly.com and skim your favorite shirts right now. The Lords of Gallipay patron page is just as customizable as the Trail of Heroes character creation, allowing you to access different Lords of Gallipay content like character portrait, loot charts and access to the game Trail of Heroes standard. If you sub at higher tiers, you gain the ability to vote for the next month's big content and access to maps every two weeks for you to use. Plus access to all the bonus content for Trail of Heroes standard. Check out the Patreon page in the description below. And with that, welcome back to the episode. Now we are talking about traps. So let's get things straight. First things first. What is a trap? What do we mean when we say trap? Oof. Um, okay, first of all, what is a trap? When you Google that, you basically find something along the lines of a mechanism used to trap animals. Something along the lines of uh, a construction which is supposed to catch animals. That's at least the most basic definition you can think of. But obviously, we're not necessarily talking about animals. We're talking about people too. They can exactly. also design traps to catch people, to incapacitate people. It's not necessarily about catching people. It could also be to incapacitate them, which could be considered also catching. A mechanism mostly that is used to catch, incapacitate, maybe even kill things. And now my definition is a little bit more along the lines of, especially with TTRPGs in mind, it is a mechanism either on the actual mechanical side or maybe even a magical side, right? That's something you need to take think of. Is there are also magical traps, for example, in D&D. So you have traps, which are basically just things to catch, kill, adventurous things, mechanisms meant to trigger in the case of an intruder or someone that has not no knowledge of that trap yeah Alrighty. when you think about it, it's the term trap right never really been defined yeah it's just been used yeah okay for DD purposes what i find on roll20.net is a trap can be either mechanical or magical in nature mechanical traps include pits arrow traps falling blocks water-filled rooms, whirling blades, and anything else that depends on a mechanism to operate. Magic traps are either magical devices, traps, or spell traps. Magical devices trap in initiate spell effects when activated spell traps or spells such as a glyph of warding and symbols that function as traps. A trap can be found nearly anywhere. One wrong step in an ancient tomb might trigger a series of scything blades with which cleave through armor and bone. They seemingly innocuous 
vines that hang over a cave entrance might grasp and choke anyone who pushes through them. A net hidden among the trees might drop on a traveler who pass underneath. In a fantasy game, unwary adventurers can fall to their deaths, be burned alive, or fall under a fully set of poisoned darts. So there's nothing actually about the definition of a trap in there. It's yeah. just these things are traps. But what do we count as a trap? I don't know. Anything that catches you by surprise. Yeah. Anything that catches you by surprise, anything that is meant to harm you is a trap for you. Mm. Should be something that damages you or not damages you, but something that is against you. We don't count puzzles, in my opinion. Yeah, because puzzles are something different. Yeah, but how do you differentiate between the two? I think a trap uh, should be avoided, while a puzzle can solve uh, serve as some sort of key to something. Mm -hmm. Okay, a trap is a simple way to stop you from venturing further into a dungeon or venturing further into any direction, really, which is meant to harm you and surprise you. I think that is kind of what the basic... The thing is why we talk about this, right, for, for the listeners who might be wondering why we, why we spend so much time on this definition, is we need to define what a trap is to actually ask how do we make traps work? How do we work with them? And in D&D, traps are, you walk into the trap, you roll a saving throw, and then you get hit with a trap, or not. Yeah, th that's exactly the thing. So it surprises you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I think we can move on from this, but just think about what a trap actually means for you is already the first thing of this episode. What actually yeah. is a trap? Because when you have that, you can basically well define how to make your traps. I mean, the first question in every, nearly every hour of our discussion is always some sort of trap. Because mm -hmm. it sounds simple at first, but then we delve into the question and try to define stuff that is basically basic knowledge most of the time if you talk about it and everyone accepts it but putting your finger on it and defining a common definition might be more challenging than you'd expect yeah and, and i think we have actually reached that point here right we we all know what a trap is but has anyone ever actually written down or thought of an exact definition of what is a trap, even if it's only for them, right? It doesn't have to be universal, definitely yeah. not. But I've I've never actually written down or thought about an actual definition, what is a trap, until now. Neither have I, because there wasn't any need to do so. Yeah. Because everybody knows what a trap is. Okay, I want to move yeah. on. Um, maybe we can define the trap through the next points. Yeah. My question to you is, traps need to be placed somewhere. Exactly. Where can you place traps? It depends on the purpose of the trap. Mm -hmm. But as the examples in Roll20, for example, told, it can be at the entrance of whatever kind of structure, or at the treasure of some kind of structure, or on the way out of some sort of structure. These are basically the three points where you could put traps that make sense. Trying to hinder someone from entering, trying to hinder someone from getting something, and trying to hinder someone from leaving the play of already entered. Yeah, I think generally hindering someone from something is actually very good for a trap. Yeah, That is kind of the purpose of a trap most of the time, but we can dive deeper into what kind of purposes specific traps have. But generally you can place traps everywhere, right? Hunting yeah. traps, which are maybe not for people, but are placed randomly in the wild to trap the beings you want to trap with that, whatever you want to trap, right? And that's the same. You can place a pitfall 
anywhere you want as long as you can dig the hole yeah. you can place a poison dart trap anywhere you have the way a mechanism to shoot those darts and a way to activate that shooting mechanism you can place um, a magical trap anywhere where you have the possibility to plant a magical trap whatever you need for that right you can place traps anywhere and i think that adds a lot already to how traps are supposed to be perceived they can be everywhere you should yeah. be wary of them right traps can be everywhere you, you theoretically you can say nowhere is safe from traps exactly but does it make sense to put a trap everywhere yeah that, that's the thing right you need to you need to ask yourself why is this trap here or even better before placing the trap why should there be a trap here or why is something here and then okay, this thing would place traps, it places traps. Very yeah. simply put, the easiest thing everyone can think of in Dungeons and Dragons is a dungeon. Someone is protecting something in that dungeon using the traps. Exactly. Very, very simple. More advanced could be traps in the wilderness while people travel through maybe territory of, I don't know, a tribe that lives in this jungle that have placed traps uh, to, to keep intruders out. Magical traps in a mage tower or in a mage's a domain or a mansion or whatever could be to keep again intruders out so generally traps are made to be keep intruders away from something keep someone away from something from their exactly goal if you place a trap in a hallway that trap basically conveys no you're not getting through here or you're not supposed to get through here exactly right you could place a trap under the loot in the dungeon which is you're not getting this loot right traps are always defined with a purpose yeah they are placed with a purpose and that purpose is always stopping something from something basically exactly traps are not made to make it easier for the people getting the treasure or going through this hallway that's not what traps are for traps are meant to stop you so then you can think about what are these traps made for right the purpose of this trap is then what is this supposed to stop or to catch what traps target exactly if you make a simple trap for rabbits a human will never walk into that because it's just too small right that's easy but it's not designed for humans so if you're in a dungeon and the dungeon is meant to keep for example only dwarves out why ever then the traps would be designed against dwarves maybe not against humans or elves but only dwarves yeah right thinking about what this trap is meant to do and especially what the target of this trap is is very important in designing yeah, it one other thing regarding what a, a trap is meant to do it doesn't always have to be just inflict physical harm oh, that, yeah. that's not always uh, the case because you can always just design a trap to just capture someone so mm -hmm. you can then for example process them through bureaucracy or give them a trial if they wanted to steal some all of this you don't always have to just make rocks fall and everybody dies that's not always needed it depends on who is setting the trap and what for uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, most of the animal traps don't kill the animal outright. They are just there to slow the animal down so the hunter can then finish off the animal safely. Mm -hmm. And so this could be a thing, for example, in a huge mansion or territory of your big bat. Could place any amount of traps they want just to slow you down and weaken you to then finish you off on their own. So no, we already said place traps wherever they make sense, but also place traps where like right that sense isn't only just about the target of the trap but also about the person building the trap right exactly it wouldn't make that much sense to place a trap that is unavoidable where 
even the one that built the trap has to go through the trap all the time. Exactly. Well, sure, the trap is unavoidable, which is good. The trap being unavoidable means that everyone has to go through this trap. The trap is a choke point. But then you need to think about how would, for example, someone that has built the trap make sure they don't get caught in their own trap. And I think with this, uh, we get to one uh, interesting point regarding triggers of traps. Mm-hmm. Because regarding or depending on what sort of trigger you have, the person has set for the trap, it is avoidable for someone who knows where the trap is or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Simplest trigger of a trap is a pressure plate or a tripwire or... Both of these are very simple, tried and tested, right? They, they work, basically. Yeah. If you know where not to step, you will just step over that pressure plate. Easy peasy, you avoid the trap. All is good. If you know where the trip wire is, you just step over, easy peasy, avoid all good. Both of these are very easy seeable triggers, which brings me to one of the important parts about traps. People can see them. Yeah. Depending on the trap, you need to think about how it looks to people. Yeah. Because pressure plate needs to have a mechanism behind it that allows it to actually shift down. So if an adventurer is looking for pressure plates, they are probably, if they roll high enough, gonna find that pressure plate because they asked, first of all, they asked for it and rolled high enough, but right, the pressure plate is not hard to detect if you're looking for one. Same exactly. with the tripwire. You see these things. I mean, traps are supposed to be stealthy, but not invisible. Well, for, th this, this is just most of the uh, time they are described as such. Yeah, right. The thing is, a trap only works if the target doesn't seize the trap because the trap is supposed to be a surprise as we said if a trap isn't a surprise it just can get avoided because as we said right before this traps need to be avoidable so the builder of that trap can actually get around this trap like for example you have a poison dart trap right very simple pressure plate boom get a poison dart in your face or somewhere right yeah. if the builder of that trap had to go through that process Every single time getting hit by a poison dart. I mean, that's the equivalent of you opening a door and getting punched in the face every time you do it. And that's because you decided that's okay. Why would you make that decision to think it's okay to get punched in your face every time you open your bedroom door, right? Yeah, it's somewhere it doesn't, where you doesn't have make to sense. go and you can't avoid anything about it. Isn't really good trap design. Yeah. So, and especially also, it, it just isn't fun to play yeah. with a trap that's unavoidable for you, right? You have the saving throw, so you can avoid the trap. But, right, I think if you can only avoid a trap by rolling the saving throw, that's kind of boring. Yeah. I, I don't understand why. I'm not saying that you, we should get rid of saving throws for traps, because I think saving throws are good. They are a neat yeah. mechanic, in my opinion. The thing is just, when I look at this, I think if I know the trap is coming... I can avoid it. So trap detection is important. But also, if I um, don't know a trap is coming, there might be still a chance that I avoid it, right? But that's also exactly. not fun, right? Generally, when I'm in a dungeon, I expect that there are traps. Yes. Th that's one important thing to preface as a player. I like getting hit by traps, but only if those traps actually are fun to engage with. A fun hidden mechanic to figure out how to avoid this trap. Not just a saving throw. It feels... Yeah. Uh too boring there needs to be something that you can you as a player can do to avoid the trap without actually triggering it and just taking mm -hmm. the full blow of it yeah exactly if i'm triggering the trap and i get hit by a poison dart and need to make a deck saving throw hey that's okay that that's the game that that's 
totally fine. But if there is no other way than for me to make that dex saving throw, especially as a low dex character, that's not gonna be fun. They are a barrier to work with traps. That's yeah. why they're fun. They are things you can put in your player's path to slow them down, to hinder them, and to challenge them. And that's why you should use them. They are challenges. They are fun challenges if you make them fun. It's not fun if I just have to make a saving throw and be done with it. That's just one dice roll. Then you can just say you take this amount of damage when you roll this and be done with it. Then you don't have to have an engaging trap. But if the trap is engaging in if I can disarm it, I can detect it before, I can work with it, maybe I can actually find something out with it, right? Maybe the trap actually gives me a hint to who built this. Yeah. That is engaging. The tra a trap isn't just something to slow your players down. It's a more than just a simple challenge or just a simple barrier. It's, right? Okay. A trap is more than just a simple barrier. It's a fun challenge. Make it a fun challenge for your players in whatever way you see possible. Sometimes traps, if you get hit by a trap and have nothing against it and can't engage with that trap, you're not going to have fun with that trap. Yeah, th that's where I like the homebrew rule we use for Titan's Call. Yeah, exactly. That, that One of the rules that we use for Titan's Call is uh, a rule that I call click. When my players trigger a trap and they hear the mechanism behind it, they hear a click, which basically stops game time for a short second, for a few seconds, 20 seconds is, I think, for Titan's Call. I've made it yeah. shorter than my usual home games where it's 30 seconds because we also are only three players. You all have time to think about your initial reaction to that trap. No, no talking between each other, just thinking. And when the 20 seconds are over, I'm gonna ask you, what are you doing? Everybody declares their initial reaction because the mechanism behind that trap will need at least a short half second or second to work. Or yeah, especially react, if it's right? mechanical. Yeah, and I decided, okay, well, let's see what they do because if, especially if they're on their guard, if you're in a dungeon looking out for everything, being on your, being on watch and you hear this click, you don't just stand around and wait for something to happen. You try to jump back, you jump forward, you jump down, you maybe just get your shield out and hold it in front of you or whatever, right? I give you the chance to engage with this trap more already. It gives you a chance to basically break my trap. It's what I call yeah. it. Even though you don't break it because that action you do allows you to roll a skill check or whatever. Then we find out what that action you do actually does. And that gives you a little bonus to your saving throw. If there is a poison dart trap and the poison dart shoots at you and you hold your shield in front of you, that's gonna add a little bit to your deck save because you're harder to hit for that arrow. Or maybe yeah. you're not getting hit at all, but the trap is still there. And that way, traps get way more engaging already without actually breaking the way I like traps with a saving throw with a way to maybe um, stop my players a little bit, give them a challenge, slow them down or even damage them, expend some of their resources. Maybe you're gonna use a potion or something to deal with a trap. I still get the resources you spend, right? You spend, traps are places where you spend resources. Those things, in my opinion, aren't even lost if I give you this initial reaction. It doesn't have to be big, right? You can't cast a spell, you can't make an attack roll or something, but just this I duck, I hold my shield up that I have ready, or I scream, get down to the other two. Even though I don't yeah. get down, they can get down or something, right? That is, I think that initial reaction is a lot of how, for me, traps work. I like it with mm -hmm. my traps. That initial reaction for me just works great, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, what, what I like to do is give my players the ability to disarm a trap if they have spotted it, because this is a huge part of traps as well. They are able to be 
disarmed. If they are just set up and can't be uh, dealt with ever, that's maybe not a good design choice. But if you have the ability to cut the tripwire, so no pressure or pulling or tension can activate the mechanism, this is good. Now you have a countermeasure against traps. Or the classic thing is a negative pressure plate. Like a pressure plate is triggered all the time and when you remove something, the mechanism itself triggers. Something like this has been done in a lot of heist movies, for example. You have to get something roughly the same weight to put on the same pressure plate at the exact same time you lift up the desired item. So the trap doesn't trigger, for example, an alarm. Or in Indiana Jones, it would be the rolling boulder or something like this. Those are things that are a lot of fun to do when you are in a player in as a player in a player situation where you see okay i see the trap but we need the thing on that altar or on the pedestal or anything like this and we know there is a trap beneath it but we want to get there anyways how can we get there not just yeah roll a sleight of hand check to see if you uh, do it could be one way it could be one way to for example the artificer just goes in there with his small tools and tries to break the mechanism itself or not trigger the pressure plate at all or something like this. This mm -hmm. is a lot of fun as a player, in my experience at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that adds again to the engagement of a trap. If a trap is more than just one dice roll and walking onwards, it's going to be fun. And I think basically everyone does this, right? That That's not, not necessarily a hot take. But generally, if you think about it with a little bit of common sense, if there is a trap... There needs to be some way to disarm it or at least to work with it, to work around it. Yeah. And everyone does that, in my opinion. I've never seen a dungeon master really not allow their players to either try to disarm the trap, right? If they're not succeeding, that's okay. But if they can, they can try. Disarming it, going around it, destroying it, anything really. To engage with that and just taking the damage and the saving throw you have to do for this poison dart trap or whatever. And everyone does that, and that's fine, and that's basically all I want. I want engaging traps. I want to be engaged as a player tool, not just something to wear down my resources, be it HP, spell slots, items, but also to engage me, to yeah. give me a moment to play my character, to play what would my character do with this trap? Well, they are a tank. Maybe they will actually be the one that just pushes forward with their shield out in front of them so all the poison darts get lodged in the shield and not in them and everyone can move in a line behind them and there will only be a few darts flying to the people behind them yeah that is a cool moment that Definitely. is cool that is fun play but just rolling a saving throw and getting damage and then saying well now let's walk through this dungeon further well then you could have also not put the trap there exactly for example i think monks have a really cool way to avoid traps that lay on the ground flat like trip wires or pressure plates in dnd mm -hmm. because they can run along walls they can just parkour off of the other walls in the dungeon and over the area where the trap or the traps are and then maybe there is a mechanism to disarm every trap in front of them mm -hmm. And then they can send in the monk first. The monk parkours off the walls over the, to the other side, disarms all the traps with one lever, and then everybody's safe. That's yeah. all, also a cool move. One of the coolest traps, I don't know if we would call it traps, I ever encountered and have used after that is a bridge with, ten, with 20 steps, 20 mm -hmm. blocks swinging from side to side. Okay. Every time you step on a certain numbered thing, you need to roll a dice. If that dice number equals the number you step on, you get hit by this block or are about to get hit. What mm -hmm. do you do? 
Ooh, that, that sounds fun. That is fun. It's super dangerous. And for example, mages can easily circumvent it by using the teleport spell or dimension door or something. Yeah, but um, still. Awesome. Fighters or barbarians with a high strength can maybe try to catch this boulder, right? There isn't much. Like, yes, maybe that's not the best trap, but I like it so much because it's so open. It leaves a lot of room for players to play out their character to however they want. And that's one important part about traps for me. Let your players outplay you, right? It isn't the right yeah. word because they are not outplaying you. It's about playing together this game. It's not about against each other, but when they put a trap, let them work this trap out and basically circumvent it completely. That's why yeah. traps need to be in some way avoidable, in my opinion. Every path leads to this trap, but that trap can still be jumped over or teleported over or whatever, right? And when your players find that way, that's a, such a rewarding moment for them and you should, and you need to let them have that moment because that is what makes traps fun. If they work, that's a fun experience because people can work with that, but if they actually overcome the trap in a creative way, that's the fun of traps. Oh yeah. Not the saving throw and damage. That's not the fun part of it but actually engaging with the trap that is the fun way yeah or for example just one thing i just had in mind they are uh, the group of adventurers just walks down a pressure plate and poison darts come from the front and the barbarian would be able to just withstand the poison because peak human performance in body in constitution and in strength he would mm -hmm. just yeah okay even if i get hit i can shrug off the poison no no problem at all but if he notices that the wizard would get hit by one of those poison darts why not just try to throw himself in front of the wizard to protect the wizard by using themselves themselves as a meat shield basically mm -hmm. because he can take it but the wizard can't mm -hmm. that's something fun you can do and this would be playing your character if your character would do something yeah. like this yeah okay i want to move on and just collect a few for example trap triggers we talked about trip wires we talked about pressure plates and anti-pressure plates what is something else levers if, buttons le levers buttons um, anything that really is mechanical that that, that mm -hmm. players can engage with the simplest mechanism in the book no mechanism at all just a pitfall yeah there is no mechanism just that the floor caves in at some point is is a trigger for a trap for example one thing i really like what i did once was when my players entered like this high secured building there was someone that basically had uh, motion sensors everywhere that's for a sci-fi setting but basically a motion sensor or a camera mm -hmm. works as well right you can translate that, that to ttrpgs maybe an arcane eye or, or a magical effect right just to detect magic or something yeah works anything really those things are i think the basics and you can use any one of that for whatever you want. Just make sure that it would make sense for the trapper to put that trap there. Make sense that where the trap is put and that that trigger is easy to understand. Because when a trigger isn't easy to understand, players can't engage with the trap because they can't figure out how the trigger works. If they can't figure yeah. out how the trigger works, they won't. Pro they will not figure out how the rest of the trap works. So make the trigger something easy and understandable for your players. One thing you have the freedom to do in TTRPGs, there is also the side of magic. You can also put magic triggers in traps as well. Like if something is read out loud or said out loud, a specific sort of word that is maybe carved in stone somewhere on the walls over and over and over again could trigger this. But this borderlines puzzles again it sometimes they overlap but don't but not perfectly there is overlap in this and i think everyone knows that um, i want to ask you though yeah 
now we've talked about the triggers. What comes after the trigger? Possible effects that a trap can trigger. The most basic one everybody knows is the classic damage effect. Like, it doesn't have to be a specific kind of damage. It can be rocks falling. It can be poison darts. It can be slashing blades. It could be fireballs. It could be lightning. It could be a pitfall. So just fall damage could be a thing. All these kinds of things, just physical harm, you could say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One thing would be, I would consider crowd control, to say the least, mm -hmm. like snares, cages, nets, anything that stops people from moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that as or well. Or terrain manipulation, like making stairs a smooth ramp could be one thing. A classic. A classic. A classic, yeah. Opening the door or a floor, just opening up to something. It doesn't have to lead to damage, but just uh, leading to something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, w one other effect, which is very interesting, is detection. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, for example, the fun. alarm spell, one of the most mm. simple spells in D&D, in my opinion. You draw this alarm field around your camp, something walks through it, ding, 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 ding. Mm. And you know exactly where the alarm was triggered. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to be, like, that, that isn't necessarily like the basic definition of a trap, but alerting someone or something that of the presence of yeah. the players now is also a huge effect. I mean, especially in a modern, more modern setting, something alarms, like right? al alarms mm. or laser barriers. The, the classic thing you see in, for example, Mission Impossible. Yeah. All these laser beams everywhere they have to avoid and they blow smoke towards it so they can see them better would be an, another, another way to engage with these sort of yeah. traps more and these laser beams let's call it that aren't there to deal damage they're there to alarm other people mm -hmm. to give information to the one who set the trap it's yeah. all just a game about information in these sort of uh, situations another thing could be magical effects or other conditions blindness mm -hmm. deafness aren't necessarily crowd controls but oh boy yeah. if you've ever been blinded as a party in a dungeon for like one minute and not communicated right in that moment someone might walk forward Someone might walk backwards. It's chaos. Yeah, and one minute can be a long ass time. Mm. <laughs> it can get pretty, pretty. <laughs> That's chaotic. ten rounds in D and D, right? Ten yeah. rounds of combat. Other things could be magical influence, like a charm effect. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, fun. Very interesting. Those are again the basics. You can think about a lot more if you want to, and think about what makes sense, what works with the trigger. That's also important now as well. And then also think about, does it make sense for the one that set the trap? Does it make sense in this environment? And how is this engaging? Once again, blindness is engaging. What mm -hmm. do you do now? Now you're blind. The damage is also theoretically engaging because what type of damage is it? Yeah. Right? Is it does bludgeoning the damage? Does the wound need to be treated? Does the wound need to be treated? That's not necessarily a thing in D&D, but we're not talking about D&D yeah. specifically, right? We're talking about anything. Maybe your D&D has injuries. Maybe this trap inflicts injuries or whatever. One other thing that I've just thought about is destroying items. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think <laughs> yeah. about this. You walk through the hallway, see a trap, walk through it, nothing happens. Boom, all your healing potions are destroyed. Mm. Oh, yeah. Th this is... Yeah. There again, did the players have a way to engage with that trap. And especially for, for example, one thing for engagement is like we already talked about a lot, detection. What I do for detection is, right, maybe my players not detect the, the actual trap that I want to spring, but placing an already sprung and destroyed trap in the beginning of a dungeon mm -hmm. makes your players attentive for traps. They know should be aware of 
uh, that there are traps. Sorry. They now know there are traps. And now we're talking about how do they then detect other traps? What ways are there? Again, depends on the trigger or the mechanism behind the trap. But for example, scratch marks on uh, next to a torch holder could be one thing that you can turn the torch holder. Or one plate on the ground is a little more worn down or it doesn't fit exactly like the others do. Or you can see a little twinkle or sparkle from the tripwire reflecting light of your torch back at you. Yeah, I mean, those things work, right? Descriptions of the place where the trap is are important. One thing, though, that includes is then you need to make descriptions of places where there are no traps as well because if you're only engaging with the position of the trap players might start metagaming the trap and and mm -hmm. um right but generally right scratch marks um irregularities like we've already said uh, in other episodes irregularities are something that players will pay attention to or just simply let them tell you i am looking for traps and then make a pers perception investigation whatever check let them describe how they are looking for traps though mm -hmm. because maybe their way of looking for a trap actually doesn't help them with a certain type of trap oh yeah if they are looking for pressure plates or something on the ground they might not notice the laser at the top right that's basic yeah right simple but if they are saying i'm looking at the ground for trip wires and there aren't any trip wires or pressure plates then they might be out of luck when it comes to traps so yeah yeah traps should be engaging it's something i can always revert back to make them engaging and you can do that it's simple everyone does that just never fall into haha this trap gotcha haha fun uh let's move on yeah you can also just place a combat there that's uh, that's more fun definitely than an unengageable trap so yeah for countermeasures right we talked about and disarming destroying avoiding the trap right mm -hmm. especially with detection if you detect the trap maybe you detect the trap by triggering it at least once that's okay i don't think you actually should define any countermeasures against your traps no de definitely for, not. For, for example right some traps have like traps in the, when you get a module or something have a disarm dc that's okay right thinking about how hard it is to actually make disarm this trap or something um mm -hmm. but don't think too much about how to disarm it just let your players explain to you how they want to do it and if they want to know more about this mechanic mechanism behind that trap just make some simple up but don't think too much about how your players should disarm it because you are not planning for your players exactly and again to the countermeasures this is where the click rule comes in really good because you get the time to choose your countermeasures when uh, once you've triggered the trap yeah your Those initial countermeasure right it is, exactly it isn't i throw a fireball so the trap gets destroyed but i jump back to maybe avoid the damage and then to actually engage with the trap exactly this is just something countermeasures don't always have to avoid the trap completely or nullify the effect of the uh, trap but dampening the impact of mm. whatever type of effect the trap choose or the trapper chose the tra this trap to have yeah and again my dis this initial reaction isn't uh, the, my players get the description of where they are but they don't get to ask other questions really except they are questions they need to decide but really they don't know if a poison arrow is coming or if the floor is gonna cave down under them so maybe jumping forward and ducking is better than jumping backwards because the dart is still gonna hit you yeah so you can also just fall into my trap and get more damage get the saving throw at disadvantage or something that happens right every trap is a unique moment where your players get to do something and i believe with this click rule i, I made it so they get to engage with the trap when it's triggered because that's the moment that some people have talked about they don't like because it's unengaging it takes the normal players can do what they want away from role playing mm -hmm. right i don't have strong opinions on that really i just think make your traps engaging everyone does that even if i have to get hit by it first happens 
But yeah. yeah, that click rule is just so I believe the initial reaction, which will be part of especially characters that are, for example, trained adventurers, they would have that initial reaction. And I let yeah. you guys have that. They, they just have this embedded in their mind. I just triggered something. Shit. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And if it works, it works. If not, it not. Yeah. I mean, if you and me just walk into a trap, we probably wouldn't do a thing because we would be startled by shit. Why did the pressure? What is happening? Bum. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. That's the thing. You have this 20 seconds. And if you don't answer after those 20 seconds, you forfeit your action. Yeah. Then you don't do anything. Then you just stand there because you're startled. And maybe I will also not use the click rule at some point because I think you guys would be too startled in that moment. That's also something. I just thought of one thing regarding if effects that mm -hmm. just popped into yeah. my head would be environmental environmental changes mm -hmm. something that doesn't really come into play immediately but like slowly turning up the temperature every or so gases. often gases gases or the water level is starting to rise mm, that's something like one. this can be a lot of fun i just that's good thought one. of that yeah the water level rising is a good one as well and i mean then there is the cleric or the wizard just casting water breathing and you're fine but this is something that needs to be done then but then again that's fun the player that yeah. has water breathing prepared as a wizard feels yeah. like they've prepared correctly feels like they've engaged with the trap in a fun way to work around it it's a challenge and right what what we dungeon masters do most of the time is present challenges to our players and let them figure out how to deal with that traps shouldn't be any different i mean there are just they are just that yeah a different type or a different flavor of challenge for your players they are just a challenge for your players to deal with make them engaging engagement is not roll a, roll a dex check or you fail to take this amount of damage or you succeed that you take this amount of damage we can move on now then it's not a challenge then it's just wearing down on them which is yeah. okay that's what they are in the world designed to do but but from a design play design at least i don't like it right fun. i don't yeah. like it I, I i want there to be some engagement Same behind here. it um so yeah to summarize this with one question to you how do you design a good trap? Or you should think about a triggering mechanism, the effect the trap would have, why it is placed where it is placed, and following that, where it is placed, by whom it has been placed, and what it should accomplish, and the possibility for countermeasures, detection, disarming, destroying, etc. Yeah, you need to have that open, right? You don't need to write it down just need to be yeah. open to player creativity. Exactly. That would conclude my answer uh, to that question. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything really to add, right? One thing I want to say is design your traps how you like. You can make anything a trigger. You can make anything an effect that makes sense in your setting, in your game, in your world, in your place where you place it, whatever. Just keep engagement at the table in mind for everything you do with traps because that's why we are playing. Exactly. And with that, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DoubleDMPod. You can visit our website www.doubledm.com. You can also donate to us on Kofi and keep tuning in to check out news about our upcoming actual play Titan's Call. And with that, thanks for listening. Hear you on the next one and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.